This is Global Marxism. I am Frank Goss. I appreciate your participation and hope this information provides you with food for thought as we consider the confusion we're facing in America today. Most of us have no idea what Marxism actually is. We need to define terms, not according to our opinion, but based on proven facts. Our politicians are telling us, you're as free as we say you are. Now, how can this even be possible? Let's back up and consider our history. Let's look and see what is meant when Barack Obama said that he wanted to fundamentally change America. Let's see if these things are indeed remotely possible. This is perhaps one of the most alarming things that I have discovered. Collecting data on children is raising all sorts of important questions about freedom and independence in the future. So much data from children sends the wrong message. It does not convey how valuable and sensitive personal information is or how important it is to guard it. Big Tech is collecting children's data at an alarming rate. It's staggering, and it's causing real concern on both sides, the liberals and the conservatives. During Obama's two terms in the White House, he sought to establish a very, very close relationship with Google, and he managed to launch a remarkable partnership with the tech giant. Google spent many, many hours providing expertise, services, advice, and personnel for vital government projects. Google representatives attended White House meetings more than once a week on average from the beginning of Obama's presidency. Nearly 250 people shuttled from the government service to Google employment, or vice versa, over the course of Obama's administration. No other public company approaches this degree of intimacy with the government, and according to an analysis of White House data, the Google lobbyist with the most White House visits, Joanna Shelton, visited 128 times, far more than lead representatives of the other top lobbying companies. And also, it should be noted that while Google was facing sanctions abroad and here at home, a strong case to sanction Google was quashed by a presidentially appointed commission. And meanwhile, the data collection grew in power and depth. It's amazing how many people enjoy posting their pictures on social media and all the information about their adorable children and what they're saying and what they're doing. All of that information is being gathered and collected. It's called the datification of children. And its possible consequences suggest that these posts may be more problematic than we actually think. In late November, Anne Longfield, England's Children's Commissioner, she was charged with promoting and protecting the rights of the children. She wrote a report titled, Who Knows About Me?, which examines how big tech collects data on children and what the potential dangers can be. There's gaming apps, there's all sorts of reports, kids taking selfies, kids sending text messages, working off TikTok and Facebook. All these things are data that's being gathered on the individual. And data that's shared by parents about children is collected as well. The potential danger for children no longer just entails speeding cars and strangers with candy. The rise of smart technology and data surveys means that tons and tons of private information is being collected and disseminated in all sorts of new ways. The full extent of how our data is being gathered and used is something we still don't fully understand. We're trying to understand. What are they gathering about our children? Now, we transfer this over to look at and understand what's being done in the public school system here in the United States of America. Using data primarily gathered throughout the public educational system, our government and the collectivists running the government schools now know more about the American children, perhaps, than their own parents know and realize. 
the awesome powers have been offered by big data. These powers will blow your mind how accurate they are. In fact, authorities have vacuumed up so much private information about your children, according to the United States Department of Education, it's now possible to predict the future behavior and interest of your child. Amazing, isn't it? They'll be able to determine, perhaps by fourth or fifth grade, which way your child should go in his educational pursuits. How will they know that? Well, they tracked what he's done from first grade to fifth. And they're able to see what he's written and what his desires are. They're able to get an idea of his family values. And is it a one-parent family? Is daddy in the home? Is daddy not in the home? Is there alcohol? Are there problems on the parental side? And they're getting all this information together. And so they accumulate this information, and they're able to manipulate certain things. And it allows the government to see into their thoughts and attitudes as never before. Don't think they're not doing this. The data gathering has become so intrusive and extreme that some critics have even referred to it as a data rape of the American child. And this is just a start. From biometric data and private health care information to academic records, online browsing habits, and mental health data, government schools and technocratic policymakers across the United States want it all, from cradle to career and beyond. That's how the authorities often put it. Thanks to federal grants, they're getting everything they want, and they're sharing it. Forget the idea of privacy. That's a foredrawn conclusion that these things are being bypassed and ignored. Hundreds of data points on each child are now being collected and stored in databases accessible by state and federal authority. Privacy laws and regulations prohibiting the creation of national databases with student information have been ignored and pushed aside beginning during the Obama administration. It was under his administration that the Constitution became virtually obsolete. But yet, even earlier, things were being done. Through a Byzantine combination of public schools, government agencies, social media companies, crony contractors, testing companies, nonprofit organizations, and more, there is now more data collected on your child than anyone could ever have imagined just a few short years ago. Many times the children don't even realize they're giving away their private information to the government forever. The tip of the iceberg occasionally becomes visible. But right now, for an example, there is an ongoing lawsuit against the nonprofit College Board, currently headed by Common Core architect David Coleman, for allegedly collecting and selling private student data to third parties without the consent of the children or their parents. According to the plaintiffs, numerous laws have been violated. Amazing, isn't it? This is in the courts. You don't hear about it. No, it would cause an absolute uproar among the parents. But these things are happening. And this is a big deal. And it's wrong. But it pales in comparison to the dangers of what the government and corporations are doing right now and what they have planned for the future. The Common Core National Standards imposed on the United States by the Obama administration supercharged the government's data harvesting and data mining operation. After that, Every Student Succeeds Act, which Obama referred to as a Christmas miracle, took it even farther. But it's been going on, really, for quite a while. And if you consider a 2012 issue brief titled Enhancing Teacher and Learning Through Educational Data Mining and Learning Analytics, the U.S. Department of Education's Office of Educational Technology dropped a bombshell regarding what all this information was going to be used for. Basically, the federal agencies want to make predictions about your children. In the report, authorities said that online learning systems allow the government to capture streams of fine-grained learner behaviors. These systems send to a database the timestamp student input and behaviors captured as students work within the system. This is what the document explained. 
Now, just imagine, for the last year, year and a half, students have had to sit at home and work through a computer. Students at school work through a computer. They enter their name. They have certain codes they enter in order to get onto their software. And this information is all stored somewhere. Now, that's something, isn't it? Something to think about. The authorities then combine all this information in a behavioral data form with other external information sources, including sensitive personal data held by the school, the district, and then the state, according to the report. Then the information is put to use by making predictions and shaping interventions within the educational system. A predictive model combines demographic data from external student information and learning behavior data from the student learning database to track a student's progress and to make predictions about his or her future behaviors or performance. The data being collected can also allow government to peer into the minds of the student. Well, how so? Big data captured from users' online behaviors enable algorithms to infer the user's knowledge, the level of intelligence, the intentions and interests, to create models for predicting future behavior and interest. Isn't that something? Using controversial federally funded surveys under the guise of health, public schools across the United States have been collecting some of the most intimate data imaginable. Political views, religious beliefs, parental information, sexual behavior, addresses, sensitive information on the mama and daddy and jobs and work and private medical information and a whole lot more. Among the creepiest elements of the data gathering and the data mining machine is the ability it gives to the government to look into the innermost thoughts and feelings of a child. With access to this data and the computing power to process it all, government and those connected to it can become nightmarishly powerful. And they will, if nothing is done to stop this. The people in China are now discovering under their social credit system the government has all sorts of information. Consider a 2010 speech to the United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization, or UNESCO, a group that we've already considered in this series. A speech was made by U.S. Education Secretary Arn Dunn. In his speech, the Chicago Radical celebrated the rapidly expanding data gathering, Colossus, and the new powers that it would unleash. More robust data systems and a new generation of assessments can assist teachers and principals, he said, to improve their practices and tailor their instructions in ways that were largely unthinkable in the past. Arn Dunn, who regularly boasted about using ghouls to brainwash children with sustainability propaganda. We've advanced data systems that we are constantly improving, he said. The decades since that speech, those advanced data systems have become ever more sophisticated, enabling governments to build unfathomable personal profiles on every public school student in the United States. Even students in private schools and home schools are now in the crosshairs of these data mining machines. Some of the technological tools that have already been used by the federal government in these areas have sparked grave privacy concerns. In 2013, the United States Department of Education released a report promoting grit, tenacity, perseverance, critical factors for success in the 21st century. This became a lightning rod for criticism. And of course, this report came out under the Obama administration. Among other developments, the report included revelations about the sorts of technology being used in some federal programs to gather data on our children. One of the tools, for example, was described as a facial expression camera. The report said that this was used to detect emotion and capture a facial expression, with the data then processed through software and fed into a database. It's described in the report, which has since been taken off the Education Department's website, including a posture analysis seat. 
a pressure mouse, and a wireless skin conductance sensor. All of these existing technologies are used to monitor and collect psychological responses that can examine student frustration. What makes this boy tick? What makes this girl cry? Researchers are exploring how to gather complex, effective data and generate meaningful and useful information to feed back to learners, teachers, researchers, and, and technology itself. This is what the report is trying to explain to us, the benefits of this information. With effective data referring to the student's attitudes and feelings rather than academic or educational ability, connections to neuroscience are also beginning to emerge. This is what the report is saying. It's not about the academics and the academic progress your child is making. They want to know how your child thinks, how he feels, how he dresses, how he comports himself or herself. It's all about the collective. Most recently, a U.S. company called BrainCo developed a headband that measures and collects data on students' brainwaves. BrainCo, which in part is funded by Chinese state-owned companies, has already trialed the devices on 10,000 students in China. Back in 2017, the CEO talked of building the world's largest database, which could be analyzed by artificial intelligence to better detect emotions. Some U.S. schools have reportedly tried the devices as well. Amazing. In 2017, the federal government funded a project to build a friendly social robot to collect highly sensitive psychological data on children, known as EMAR, or Ecological Momentary Assessment Robot. The robot gathers teens' mental health data in a public high school setting. This is according to the National Science Foundation. One of the major concerns surrounding all of this intrusive data-gathering technology is that it is being used by government schools and the educational establishment to manipulate the thoughts and attitudes, beliefs, and the behavior of our children. As the technology advances, it will allow bureaucrats and technocrats to do a whole lot more of this in the future. Under new social and emotional learning, which is called SEL programs, which are currently all the rage in the educational circles, Authorities set goals for various attitudes and values that they want children to hold. They're wanting to incorporate this into the child's personality. But how do they do that? Well, they follow the data, and by testing for these effective characteristics, the technology that is gathered can help determine whether these children hold the government-mandated attitudes or not. And so the principal has to walk through and make sure all the teachers are following the guided information. They have to record all this information. If not... The programs then help to develop interventions to get the desired attitude inculcated into the child. Now, this, by any stretch of the imagination, is indoctrination. They're aiming for something in your child, and it's not what you would wish them to have. As far back as 2016, again, under the Barack Obama administration, Education Week revealed that under the guise of providing personalized learning experiences, new technology was aiming at students' individual emotions, cognitive processes, mindsets, and character and personality traits. So-called competencies were also targeted. The same year, the U.S. Department of Education released a National Education Technology Plan, peddling assessments that measured non-cognitive competencies, including attitudes that facilitate functioning well in school, in work, and in life. How the feds would determine the correct attitude for a child has not been determined. But the government is wanting to be able to direct the attitude your child has. They're wanting to control your child. The potential for abuse is evidently enormous. What if these tools get into the hands of evildoers? And they will. What if they are already in the hands of evildoers? And they are. 
Do Americans really want unelected bureaucrats at the far left, the radical, the Marxist-minded individuals in the U.S. Department of Education? 99.7% of donations to presidential campaigns tend to go towards the liberal left. Do you want these people determining what attitudes and values and emotions your child will hold on controversial issues such as homosexual marriage, transsexualism, immigration, and abortion? Do you want the government guiding your child in how to understand these things? What about religious belief? You know, the idea behind the public school system from the beginning was to eliminate God, to get God out of the picture. How could they manage to do this? Little by little, they see how your child responds. And when one realizes that the public educational system was literally created by utopian collectivists. Now, if you start to realize this and see the fact laid out before you, if you see these things, their aim is to fundamentally transform society. And this is what the series that we're doing on education is pointing to. The dangers are obvious and extraordinary. The architects and current leaders of the government school system have long been open about their desire to shift the United States from a liberty-minded Christian society towards a collectivist and humanist society. And with these powerful tools, resistance will become increasingly difficult, if not futile, for children which are held captive by the system. Now consider this. Think of this. Every morning you get your child ready. They have to get up early to catch the bus. You feed them. And if you can't, the government feed them. Let them come to school. We'll feed them. We'll take care of them because we have something we need to do. And pretty much it's required. Your child, you're sending them off into this atmosphere where they have no clue what's being done to them. And in many cases, nor do you. They are not teaching reading, writing, and arithmetic. That's not happening. Another major concern is that all this data being gathered by the schools is being focused with labor and career data. For years, authorities have been openly working on connecting the various educational databases packed with information gathered on Americans by schools with that collected by other government organs. So let's say this area of the United States or this particular county is impoverished and the educational level of the students isn't real high. How would you want to guide them towards certain careers? How would you want to outfit them to work in society? Officials are hoping that this enormous data, which is all being brought together into one place, will help them do what is needed to be done at central planning. Central planning literally has always failed to do these things, to accurately understand the needs of the economy and then adjust production, control employment and consumption, train and educate accordingly. Then imagine combining all of this information with the emerging developments such as artificial intelligence, supercomputers with unprecedented capabilities, plus all of the data gathering on Americans by agencies such as the IRS, the NSA, and all these other agents. Our government will know everything about everyone, literally from the cradle, as the utopians themselves often say. It's a recipe for disaster or even a catastrophe of unprecedented proportions. Around the world, the UN is also leaning heavily on governments to start collecting data, sharing information, analyzing this information, using and weaponizing all sorts of data on children via the public schools. And more than a few foreign governments, communist China and certain Western Europe governments, among others, have been more happy to jump in, to jump on the bandwagon. We have to resist these things. We're not stupid. We're not ignorant. If you've listened to this all the way through and carefully thought it through, you know you have the information you need. If you want to dig and find out more, tremendous. Help me understand it as well. We have the means to effectively resist. What we don't have is the will. Privacy is extremely important in a free society. 
The one who controls the information will control the society. And that's why America's founding fathers enshrined privacy in the Constitution. Without privacy, liberty cannot exist. And without liberty, prosperity, and the other blessings enjoyed by the people of the United States will end. We must demand an end to the Orwellian data-gathering apparatus. We have to protect our children before it is absolutely too late. Doss with Vintage Broadcasting. We do appreciate your participation in listening to our broadcast. We hope that it benefits you in some way and that you'll continue listening in the days to come. 